All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. So this is Monday's Chat and Chill. As usual, we keep a pace of one and a half to two watts per kilogram. And we have our conversation on Discord and streaming live. We have a special guest with us today, Frank Garcia from CVR. And uh, I'll give a brief introduction here. So Frank is no stranger to cycling. He has been competitively racing bikes since his youth. After finding the Zwift platform, his passion for the sport was reignited. As an entrepreneur, Frank has created several software development companies throughout his life and saw the opportunity in the esports world, bringing Zwift and esports together. With his experience in business, the CVR World Cup was born. Frank is committed to creating innovative, sustainable, and dependable experiences for audiences while creating relationships that endure. Frank, welcome. Thank you. It's really great to have you. It's such a, an important time, really, for e-racing and CVR itself. So it's great to have you here. So what is CVR? If somebody watching who's not very familiar with CVR, can you explain to us what CVR is in a nutshell? Sure. Um, first, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, CVR started as uh, a ranking system uh, and expanded to uh, sort of an esports platform. Uh, CVR stands for uh, Cyclogen Virtual Racing. And uh, it was really born of uh, looking at the category system as it exists in Zwift, uh, which is uh, somewhat unique in the watts per kilogram system, um, and wanting to have a ranking system that was performance-based in terms of the performance of how well you did in racing uh, versus uh, how well you could do on an FTP test. And so... When does CVR, when did it start? Um, we started um, looking at a ranking system uh, really uh, about uh, 15 months ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, uh, uh, 16, 17 months ago. Uh, so about Thanksgiving of 2016 uh, is when we started to look seriously um, at putting together a ranking system. Uh, that ranking system uh, went live in January of 2017. So the, the ranking system itself uh, is just a, over a year old. Fairly new. Yes, so and that one... Go ahead. And that one uh, remained, it still to this day remains in beta and actually will be replaced um, by a new ranking system over the next couple of months. Okay. So it will be good to get into that a little bit later on. So, Frank, overall, are you involved in any other esports? Um, I'm not. Uh, my interest in esports really came from uh, my son, uh, who is now a senior um, at university. And uh, where my introduction to esports uh, came, he, he's a Dota fan. And I, I thought he was plum crazy uh, with uh, some of the things that he would do. Uh, but then as I got more involved in understanding what he was doing, uh, that became a very uh, interesting avenue, especially in light of some of the stuff uh, that we were doing with Zwift. Sure. And Frank, for a little bit of background, obviously you created CVR. How much hands-on are you? What, what is your involvement? Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis for CVR? Um, Hands-on involvement is pretty high. Uh, so uh, I spend some time every day uh, with regards to CVR activities. Mm -hmm. So I raced the event in Paris in September of last year. 
And I know that uh, the format has changed over time. So even though it's been fairly new, it's changed since, for example, that Paris event that I went to. Could you talk a little bit about that, the evolution of the format of CVR, how it started and, and uh, where we are today? Uh, the format of the World Cup events or just... The World sort- Cup event, yes. Um, and then I guess we can talk about the league. Okay, sure. Uh, so uh, we started in um, Las Vegas uh, in March, or actually early April of last year. Um, and that was just... Uh, bringing people together from all over the world um, to race. And there was a simple sort of 40-minute race uh, that we did. And then we did it again in London, a uh, similar sort of format. Um, and some of the feedback that we got from the racers was, um, geez, it's uh, a long distance to travel from Australia, for instance, uh, for a 40-minute race. Um, so in Paris... Uh, we did two days of racing. Uh, the first day is heats uh, to establish uh, the brackets for uh, elite and performance. Um, people are invited or earn their way in now um, with sort of a target bracket in mind, uh, but they must uh, go through the heat process as well. So uh, the heat process allows, uh, for instance, people to uh, race with pro riders, as an example, uh, and the heats are split up that way. Uh, once you go through the heats, you end up in the elite or the performance bracket, and uh, then we have a mini stage race on the next day. So, you know, basically a 30-minute, uh, roughly 30-minute um, stage followed by five to seven minutes of rest, followed by another 30-minute stage. Uh, and those stages tend to be a hill climb, a hilly road race, and then a flat crit. Yeah, so giving racers the opportunity to race in all terrains, the all three types of racing available here in Zwift. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, different types of racers uh, have an opportunity. All of that is uh, combined in a points um, race as well. And that format will hold for Los Angeles in March, the end of March this year. I think it's the 24th and 25th of March as well. Which will be the live event. So maybe we could dive into the brackets a little bit more. So there's the elite bracket and the performance bracket. What are the paths to each of these brackets? Um, So you can think of the elite bracket as uh, the bracket where uh, the strongest riders uh, with top-level performances um, go to the World Cup. And you can think of the performance bracket as uh, mere mortals uh, uh, going to the World Cup as well. So we didn't want the World Cup to just be about elite athletes only. Uh, We also wanted it to be about your typical Zwifter as well, so that there is uh, interest in following from that perspective as well. So uh, there's currently... um, a couple of different ways to get to each, uh, and I'll sort of explain that. So on the elite bracket, uh, you, go through the le- you go through the league, and there's also a couple of invites uh, where we'll invite pros uh, from maybe regular cycling. Uh, although I think that over time, uh, that split between esports and cycling will grow. And so just like you have esports stars, uh, you'll have uh, eSports cycling stars uh, versus um, just cycling star stars. So I think those will be um, sort of separate disciplines, uh, but we have a couple of invites open um, there as well. On the performance side, uh, there's a couple of different ways to get there. Uh, the most direct way is to go through CVR World Cup training, uh, which we do in conjunction with Hunter Allen and Peaks Coaching. And uh, there you train, and it's about not how strong you are. It's about how well you train. And then we um, randomly select, you can think of sort of a lottery uh, for a performance band. 
um, that we'll select and then we'll take the top 10 women and top 10 men in that performance band. Um, there'll be a um, in real life um, cycling camp uh, outside of LA uh, for four days uh, in, in that. And then we'll select six people, six men and six women um, from that group uh, to go on to the world cup. Um, the other four positions will be invites. Okay. So there's the, so for somebody like me, near mortal, <laughs> not a big power to wait here. My path to a live event would be through the CVR training. Is that correct? Uh, that would be your, the majority of the way. So I would say there's a, you know, a 60% opportunity um, for you to make it. Um, in that regard, um, in terms of there, you know, there'll be six women selected from uh, training in the end. Now, 10 women will, will be invited to the in real life camp, which will sort of be sort of a survivor, uh, like, um, event. Uh, so there'll be four days of camp and we'll have people voting. And obviously we'll see the performance of people, um, at the camp as well. Um, and then six of those people will go. Um, on to the World Cup. We'll also invite um, four people um, as well, four, four men and four women. Okay. That's, I, and, and I know you explained that before, but I just, uh, it, it took me a little while to understand it. So I understand it now. Thank you. So you're perhaps welcome. if we go, I'm sorry, you, you had a comment? I said you're welcome. <laughs> we're going to perhaps more of the uh, how the brackets work. There are a couple of questions coming through here also on Facebook. So the question here is, do you think that the um, CVR rankings have not gained significant traction? despite the general frustration with the watt per kilogram category system? Um, uh, we had some uh, significant traction at the beginning with regards to uh, organizers wanting to uh, potentially use rankings um, in racing, uh, but uh, the platforms involved uh, – didn't necessarily um, share that interest. So if you look at uh, Zwift Power, it's designed around watts per kilogram um, and is focused in that regard. So it became difficult um, to organize races around um, the ranking system. Uh, and so uh, that was, you know, somewhat delayed. Uh, so we probably could have focused a little bit more in terms of efforts of making that uh, more generally available, but, you know, Zwift Power is uh, the community's uh, uh, results system, um, and so we're a little bit dependent um, upon that, and so we focused our efforts more in the live events and esports uh, venues. Okay, thank you. And before another specific question here, how are the uh, races going? What, what are, are the numbers as you expected? Um, actually, the numbers are um, higher than we expected in general, um, lower than I would like uh, on the women's side. Uh, so uh, I think we need to do a better job um, there. Uh, but in general, way more uh, than we expected. So we have close to 2,000 uh, participants. Uh, not everybody races every week. Uh, so we have uh, on a weekly basis uh, around 700 people um, racing. Uh, that was much more than we expected. Um, uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, probably the biggest surprise were the number of new racers uh, that uh, entered um, the league, uh, which was a little bit of a struggle for us because obviously we want to be performance-based. Uh, and we had a lot of people without um, performance histories, uh, which makes bracketing in the first season a bit of a challenge. But uh, we're happy to, to take on that challenge uh, 
due to the number of people uh, that are in the league. Those are great numbers. And I'll have a question for Brackets here in a moment. Do you have the uh, split approximate percentage of uh, men and women who have been racing? Um, yes. So uh, the uh, league registrations uh, hovered about 11% for women, um, but we're seeing uh, on a weekly basis uh, probably 6, 6% um, women, uh, something in that uh, general um, area. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, a little bit less uh, racing than registration on, on the women's side. Okay. I have to say from my perspective, I really like the fact that there are options of times that you can race to participate. I think that's very important to have and helpful with everything that we have going on in life. <laughs> I think that's one of the um, one of the key elements of uh, the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it will be a strength uh, as time goes on, uh, a big strength of the league. It's, I think it's a strength now. Um, on the men's side, uh, it's a little bit of a weakness on the women's side because uh, we sort of disperse uh, when you divide by eight uh, the number of racers that you have, uh, the fields um, can become small, um, and that becomes uh, the challenge. I think that will uh, wane over time as the league grows, uh, but right now uh, that's one of the things that we uh, work on to improve the experience uh, for women in the league. Understand. So a little bit back into uh, the brackets. We have a comment here from Andy saying that he has seen people upgraded brackets and others um, that you would expect to be not upgraded. What is the criteria of mid-season upgrades? Um, basically, uh, you have two um, issues at play uh, with regards to brackets and upgrades. Um, the first was, um, due to some poor planning on my part, uh, setting the brackets for the first race um, got delayed um, for uh, new entrants um, into the league. Um, and so there were some upgrades that occurred uh, just after the first race. Um, and so I think that's uh, introduced some confusion because there was more upgrades than you would um, normally expect uh, mid-season. Uh, so that's uh, issue number one. Issue number two is uh, we have a number of new people um, in the league with no history, and so they were able to um, self-select a bracket with the understanding that if they selected a bracket too low, um, that the CVR World Cup officials will move your bracket. Uh, so in other words, if you signed up as a C and you're obviously, uh, you know, if you're finishing, you know, second in the A race, uh, then uh, we're going to move you. Now, we haven't moved all those people yet. Um, we'll be, uh, we'll probably wait for this, the first half of the season to be over and then uh, try and make, uh, you know, the moves then. Uh, but we, we have moved some people. Uh, that are obviously uh, not in the correct bracket. Uh, Again, this is a performance-based thing, and so uh, we'll look at that and then set that up. Uh, And then season number two should set up nicely uh, for people uh, being in the correct brackets from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the point system punishes, if you will, those who have a lot of races then to their history by including them in a category not befitting their actual ability and rewards? Are we talking rankings or are we talking league? Rankings. That's another question that came through here. Um, Generally speaking, uh, so there's a couple of of, uh, interesting aspects, I will call them, I won't even call them issues, uh, but I'll call them interesting aspects to the current ranking system, uh, and then I'll highlight some of the differences that are coming in the new ranking system. Um, But generally speaking, uh, what the ranking system is 
after is the ability to predict race finishing order. Uh, and in general, uh, and this is uh, varied a little bit with some changes uh, in Zwift power and how races start and uh, some issues around uh, whether calling's working or not. Uh, and there's been some issues um, on Zwift in, in that area. But ignoring those uh, sort of later issues uh, that came to the fray uh, here recently, uh, Cygosynth Virtual Rankings is very good at predicting uh, race finishing order. Um, and so generally speaking, um, it works very well. So um, I would uh, perhaps challenge the premise that racing less or more um, helps or hurts you. Uh, you have to have a certain amount of racing uh, for the system to become accurate, but it also um, doesn't rank you um, until you have, uh, you know, a certain amount of racing. Um, along the way, um, people have learned to um, game the system. Uh, that's mostly around uh, strength of field. If you are a strong rider, um, you can go uh, race, uh, you know, any field and you'll, uh, you know, especially a weaker field, um, and that will, your strength, your strength will increase the strength of field, um, and that will allow you to sort of um, escalate your points. Um, but that's uh, really more for the top echelon um, riders or somebody who can uh, move their way up, you know, high into rankings. Uh, so generally speaking, we would say that uh, Cycles and Virtual Rankings uh, did its job well, uh, especially from a beta perspective. Um, but it had some issues. Uh, most notably, uh, people don't like negative points. Um, and that seems to be uh, sort of a cycling thing. So uh, Cycling Virtual Rankings is based on um, some similar algorithms um, used in uh, motorsports racing, uh, where you're, you have fields of racers as well, uh, versus, you know, ELO type rankings, uh, which tend to be, you know, head to head performances, which is, um, not really how cycling occurs. You, you know, you, there's a, there's the pack dynamics and, uh, you're not really racing, you know, one individual competitor, um, per se. You know, it's, it's more of a, of a bunch field, uh, sort of perspective. Um, but unlike motorsports racing, where negative points seem to be accepted, uh, negative points in the cycling community uh, seem to be uh, not uh, a favorite, shall we say. So uh, the mm -hmm. new rankings will eliminate um, negative points um, as well. And so, you know, you won't get uh, high negative points for not finishing a race, as an example. You'll get zero points. Uh, but anybody who finishes will get positive points. Sure. Uh, so okay. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I think you know, with other than uh, the gaming, uh, the negative points. Uh, I think there are some issues around uh, you know people wanting some segmentation, you know, age, gender, you know, those types of things um, for rankings. Uh, and there are some issues with CVR in those areas because. Uh, it's a, just a general ranking system. So while we could filter by gender or we could filter by age, you really wouldn't be ranked in that regard. Um, you'd only be ranked against the entire population. Um, so that'll change in the new ranking system as well. Uh, there'll be true rankings uh, by, you know, cohort or by category, if you will, um, as well. So if I understand you correctly, this is coming then as the system evolves. You see it as having then, for example, categories such as age, masters, et cetera, come into play? Yes, and as true rankings. So uh, those rankings are calculated just on that um, subcategory uh, versus, you know, just being filtered uh, and showing you what the, you know what the rankings are of those individuals across the entire population that that changes the game considerably for those particular rankings. Um, so I'll highlight this uh, uh, with women as an example. Uh, so instead of being ranked against the entire population, uh, you would be ranked uh, 
just against other women. Um, so that means you'll, you know, you'll always have uh, women at the top of those particular rankings, as an example, uh, versus scattered throughout the entire population. That's interesting. You know, it is breaking new ground here. It is something that keeps evolving, obviously. And uh, I applaud you for being the pioneer on this. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's a journey. I'm sure there's a lot that goes on into adjusting, evolving, changing, etc. Yeah, there there is. Um, that being said, I think that uh, it would be good to. Uh, you know, maybe get some input from some people and, and, and they can ask some questions. I, I think the struggle um, with rankings is, uh, you know, even people on uh, Team Experimental, uh, Team X is an example, uh, when rankings first came out, they would struggle with, um, you know, sort of their expectations of where they would appear in rankings and where they appeared in rankings at times. Um, and, you know, there's sort of a struggle. And and we would dig into those struggles, uh, and what we would find is, well, uh, the system is doing well at predicting where you're going to finish, um, we, you know, within a race. And as long as it's doing that, um, it's it's doing well. I, I think uh, we've looked to keep that element of rankings while making uh, the perceptions and the feel of rankings um, better. So you know. Uh, the most of what we're doing in terms of innovation at this point is um, addressing how it feels uh, while trying to keep uh, the efficacy of how well it predicts race finishing order. Um, we're also looking at ways to reduce um, some gaming of the system. Uh, so, for instance, you know, a super strong rider joins a weak field shouldn't make the, the strength of field strong uh, uh, all by itself. So, you know, there's some tweaks uh, with regards to gaming of the system and to um, how the the system feels uh, and uh, while, while keeping, you know, generally uh, it doing what it does well, which is uh, predict the, the finishing order of a race. Okay. And Frank, you're very involved in the community. You're out there in the uh, groups, message boards, et cetera. You must get a lot of comments. Do you get a lot of feedback? Do you get good feedback? I'm sure there's bad feedback too. But do you, being so involved in the community, then how do you gather your like feedback from from people in general? Is it mostly primarily from social media? Is there another way of sending feedback? I think um, I, I do get quite a bit of feedback, uh, both the good and the bad. Um, what we try and do, uh, and you'll see more of this in the league, uh, you'll see polls going out um, uh, to, to league participants uh, who, you know, we obviously know they're interested parties. And uh, we like to uh, put a poll out because often we'll do a post. And if we say, uh, for instance, uh, you know, if we have a topic, uh, usually what you'll get people posting about is people who don't agree with you, right? So mm -hmm. if you say we're going to do X, they'll say, well, you know, we think Y would be better. Uh, now, if you posted Y, you get a whole bunch of people who say, you know, X would be better. Uh, you might get a little bit of support, but generally um, you get people who uh, might have a different take on something. Uh, what the polls allow us to do is sort of uh, register the uh, silent majority, if you will, if there is a silent majority, um, you know, within the community, uh, we, we want to see that. Uh, so you'll see, uh, we'll try not to inundate people with polls, uh, but you'll probably see a poll a, a week maybe um, on the league front, especially as we um, look to hone things. Uh, so we think polls are very important uh, for us to get a, a sense of uh, what the, the actual community wants. But we also, uh, you know, pay attention to uh, all sorts of posts um, people message me, uh, you know, consistently. I try and if it's a, if there's support issues, uh, I try and redirect those um, to the help desk uh, and to the, you know, to the appropriate forums, mostly so they get tracked uh, in case I drop something um, in, in terms of that. But uh, 
we do uh, monitor and watch social media um, as a group. Um, and, you know, we have some people, you know, dedicated, um, you know, to those, to those particular elements. Sure. And last year, at the end of last year, you shared with the community a draft set of rules for erasing. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> uh, there, I got a lot a, of uh, excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that got uh, that that was very interesting. So, uh, uh, so let me. I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll. I'll uh, be. I'm, I'm a fairly candid and transparent person, so uh, hopefully not too candid and too transparent. Um, on this particular topic, uh, but this, this might generate, uh, some, some fun conversation, uh, you know, with the group as well. Uh, so when we look to develop rankings, uh, we also developed a set of rules. Uh, so those rules got developed, uh, in, uh, the end of 2016, sort of, uh, end of November, uh, 2016 timeframe. Um, we didn't share those with the community at, at that time because, uh, we felt that uh, the rules might be a, a little more than uh, what people would have expected, um, you know, sort of during that during that time period. And then uh, we went through a period um, here uh, recently, uh, maybe a few months back now, um, where there were a number of issues in racing, and so uh, we went ahead and uh, posted the rules um, and the rules were very formal. Uh, so they had, you know, a glossary of terms and I, I guess it was my uh, business legal sense. I think I've been, you know, around too many attorneys. Uh, and so that was a, it was a formal document. Uh, the rules were basically uh, what the rules are today with the addition of, you can't draft uh, somebody who is known to be bad um, in, in the uh, in races, uh, and then the addition of a uh, protest and appeals system, uh, and that, that was basically it. Except uh, when you write down all the rules, uh, they, they get rather lengthy when you write them down in a, in a formal sense. So there was a lot of pushback that you know people wanted to keep it simple, and you know, oh my gosh, these people over at CVR have you know lost their minds. And, uh, you know, wanted to create these big, long rules. And why would we want to do that? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so uh, we sort of, uh, you know, tucked our, our tail between our legs uh, and went off and stood in the corner uh, and cried in our soup for a little bit um, over the, the pushback. Uh, but behind the scenes, uh, there were still the issues of, uh, racing and fairness and, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, Glenn Knight, uh, from Zwift Power then took up the mantle. Um, and I think, I think his idea was it was going to be simpler than complex rules. Um, and, uh, you know, he embarked on a journey, uh, to implement, uh, something that, that gave the same, uh, end effect, uh, but was simpler. Uh, and then I think we all, uh, you know, saw that, you know, he went through some, uh, issues around, you know, the legal side and privacy and, uh, those, those issues were addressed in the rules, uh, that we published. Uh, and it's one of the things we actually in the background helped, um, Glenn with, uh, and, you know, eventually Glenn got, you know, some attorneys and, uh, you know, Zwift powers, you know, has sort of morphed, um, based on that. But I think in the end, uh, you need some rules that people can understand. Um, hopefully they're not overly complex, uh, but uh, we think the community as a whole will need those rules. And so we support um, Glenn and his efforts um, at Zwift Power. Uh, and, you know, he's sort of taken the mantle and, and running with those. But, uh, you know, through our endeavors, uh, working with communities of people, uh, we find that uh, rules are generally helpful um, in, you know, in that regard. So the, the Wild West nature, which a lot of people like, um, everybody, you know, likes to read the, you know, the Wild West stories and, and, and sort of think about that. But when it comes to 
um, day-to-day living. Um, you know, we don't really want everybody, you know, carrying a, a six gun and, uh, you know, uh, facing off in the streets. <laughs> we, we want, uh, you know, rules that, uh, everybody follows and adheres to. And that's, you know, basically the fabric of society. And so, uh, we're building the fabric of the e-racing community, um, on Zwift or, uh, and I don't mean we, I mean, all of us, the community is building that. Um, and we're just a small part of that. And we, we throw ourselves out there, uh, every now and then and, uh, try and help that um, process. Sorry that I interrupted. Can I ask a question? I'm Dick Young from Holland. Sure. Okay, the new ranking system. For example, you're a sea rider. So, and you have a very good day, and you're just above the limit. Will you kick out in the ranking, just like uh, Swiss Power does? No, n- not at all. One of the main differences is um, this is about racing. So uh, I tend to have very good days when it's flat. <laughs> I tend to have very bit bad days um, when uh, there are significant climbs involved. And one of the things that uh, the initial rankings did, um, still does, and the new one will still do this as well, uh, but that some people find a little can find a little bit disconcerting. In fact, we we have actual levels advanced. Um, you can have sort of a view level one, a two, or a three. And view level one, uh, we sort of sort of show you your ranking overall. Uh, but as, if you increase uh, the, your view level, you get to see what your ranking is on flat courses, what your ranking is in time trials, what your um, ranking is in hilly courses, because uh, those are really in, in some ways different disciplines. Uh, and so whereas Zwift Power would be, you know, you had a good day or uh, one of the things that you see with the watts per kilogram is people actually, uh, and most people don't realize this, I think most people think that uh, only people that are weight doping are, are lowering their weight or, or maybe uh, people have become aware of this now. So not everybody thinks that anymore, but uh, a lot of people increase their weight so that they can stay for instance, at the top of the B category without having to go race the A's. Um, And uh, so uh, our idea is completely different. Uh, One race does not make uh, you a tremendous performer. And uh, we look to see that over, you know, historical basis. Uh, And uh, so so that's, uh, you know, quite a bit different. So uh, we don't, approach it that way. Uh, the way that you would move up a category or move down a category is strictly based on performance. So if you end up being in the top, uh, we currently say 5%, that percentage might change a little bit. Uh, within the league, um, you move up and within rankings as your points uh, relative to other people. So that's the other, the other kicker in rankings. Um, your points relative to other people uh, puts you into a particular category. On the rank in the league side, um, the brackets are are evenly distributed, so you have the you know basically equal numbers of people in um, each of the brackets. And on the ranking side, it's by division, so there's ten divisions versus um, four brackets uh, because of some changes that Zwift made. We used to have five brackets, but uh, uh, there's four brackets now. Um, on the ranking side, there's 10 divisions, and that is a normal distribution. So there's a, you know, a very small percentage um, in the uh, elite um, division, and then a few more in Division One, a few more in Division Two, uh, and then like Divisions Three, Four, and Five, uh, you have lots, you know, the vast majority of people um, within ranking. So that that's more of a normal distribution. Okay, Frank. Thank you for the answer. You're most welcome. For people not as familiar with league and rankings, how do the two interact? Uh, Well, strangely enough, uh, uh, not that much um, going forward. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, because we'll actually have some rankings uh, that we'll introduce uh, probably in season two that are just for the league. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about why that's important, especially when you have uh, the split out of zones. 
but the way that they are intertwined at the moment was mm-hmm. that uh, for people with racing histories, obviously you had to have racing history. Um, the we used uh, cyclogen virtual rankings to set the initial brackets um, within the league. Um, and then the league becomes, uh, with regards to the brackets, uh, uh, enclosed. Uh, so the, the league within itself, without uh, paying attention to rankings, uh, will um, you'll move brackets just based on your performance within within the league. Uh, what we'll also then do is um, in. Uh, starting in season two, we hope, uh, what you'll have is a ranking within the league. So you can be able to see, even though you race zone B, um, how you stand up to other people um, in the league um, across um, the zones. Uh, and that will have to incorporate um, other races um, as well, um, some outside of the league, uh, just for the basis of relative performance um, as well. So I think people... Uh, we'll be interested uh, potentially in seeing that um, as well. Uh, you, you know, zones are different. Uh, you have a lot of people in the E zone, as an example, uh, a lot of people in the F zone in, in, in North America. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you have different people racing. Uh, so you have different dynamics and different strengths. Uh, and it'll be sort of interesting to see those from a rankings perspective. But uh, you can tend to think of the league as um, enclosed uh, within itself, and, uh, you know, rankings doesn't impact it in any way in terms of uh, how we assign brackets. Okay. Uh, and that might be a little bit odd, but uh, the performance in the league is the performance in the league. Uh, the, one of the reasons we set up zones uh, was so that the scoring could be simplified, so you don't have to, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that I think people can struggle with with rankings is, you know, why did I score this many points in this race? And why did I score that many points in that race? And it doesn't, you know, there doesn't seem to be a connection. There is, uh, you know, some serious data crunching going on in the background. There is a big connection there, but it's based on strength of field. And it's a little, it's not a little bit, it's much harder to understand um, why you would achieve a certain score in rankings for a given race. Um, And, you know, even if you ask me, I would have to dig into the numbers um, for a while. And I was the one that uh, generated the initial algorithm. That algorithm has changed now, but uh, it's not a simple process, right? Because you have to compare who you're racing against, what that strength of field was, what other races they did. Um, It's very complicated to figure out what the score is. Uh, When we did the league, we wanted that to be simple uh, so that, you know, if you finished a race and you won, you got a thousand points. Um... And that was, you know, sort of straightforward and easy to understand. And you didn't have to know that this person also raced in this other zone and that when they raced in that zone, they raced these other people. And, you know, they scored that many points of that one. And because they scored that many points of that one, they got this many points of this one. <laughs> um, that gets to be uh, a bit of a struggle to figure out. So we wanted to make the league um, straightforward um, in terms of scoring. Okay. I'll confess, it's a little bit confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the interesting things, um, it's funny, I, I do, uh, so I said, you know, earlier, uh, you know, most of my esports is through my son, uh, which I guess isn't really accurate. So I've spent a lot of time, actually much more time on iRacing uh, than I have on Zwift. So, well, the actual time, uh, I think, is greater on Zwift, uh, but I've been on iRacing longer. Uh, and uh, in iRacing, they won't even try and tell you how they calculate um, the scores, right? It, um, you just learn to accept it. It's like a television. It just works, and um, you can disagree with it, um, but this is, you know, that is how it is. Uh, we took a different approach um, in what our ranking system with Zwift is. We, you know, we tried to um, explain it, um, and we actually, you know, published how the calculations were, were being done. Um, but I think that just leads to more, uh, more confusion. I don't, I don't mind being transparent. Um, but I think iRacing might have it, uh, you know, more correct, which is, you know, there's some magic black box and the numbers come out and, uh, you might not be happy with them. Uh, but generally they, you know, they work, um, and they do, they do in iRacing as well. 
Um, you move up and down uh, based on performance there uh, um, as well. So I, I think sometimes uh, we might be trying to over-explain. I would love to get some input uh, from the group here on that. Uh, generally, I feel like cyclists want to know more. Uh, they're more uh, numbers-oriented um, in terms of uh, performance, and so they, they want to understand uh, more about how those calculations uh, occur. So that, that's a little bit of a struggle uh, because they're, they're not simple calculations. Um, but uh, hopefully with uh, positive points, I think it'll, it'll be easier. Uh, you know, people will see sort of, you know, zero if you don't finish, and then, you know, uh, you know, last place gets, you know, a low number of points and first place gets a high number of points. And there's a sort of a, you know, uh, a scaling uh, through through the rest of it. I think that'll feel better uh, rather than the, the negative point system. So hopefully that will um, help. But it, it is a complex calculation to do it, you know, over all the races. Right. So you don't have to race everybody, right? So if you look at series in general, so if you look at SCR series or um, the ECRIT series now, um, these are all, you have to race at a certain time. Um, you have to race only those people and that makes the scoring simple. Um, but if you want to rank people across the globe, um, that's a much more complex problem. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. Same thing in real life. And I think that's where the, uh, Culture also comes from from cyclists used to racing outside, and you're in that race, and everybody's doing the same race at the same time. Exactly, so it is a big difference. Yeah, and that's a that's an um, an easy problem, I'll say. Um, whereas, uh, if I want to rank you um, against, you know, if you have rider A, rider B, and rider C and rider A and rider C never race each other, but rider A and B race and rider B and C race, um, we can actually rank you. Um, but then it becomes, you know, it starts to hurt the head. Uh, you know, you can see sort of how to do it with three. Uh, but when you make that across, um, you know, 40,000 racers, <laughs> that becomes yeah. a little bit more of a number crunching um, piece and a little bit harder to explain. Um, uh, you know, how that occurs. So, you know, people feel a little odd about it. Uh, they don't always agree with, uh, with the score uh, as well. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I understand how it's complicated to be uh, explaining everything in detail. And I don't think things always need to be explained in the least level of detail, just because there's always going to be people with different opinions, et cetera. I think overall what you build over time in the course of the seasons is faith in the system. So people see it as being fair, as making sense. And from that point on. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where negative points, uh, I, th I think that sense of fairness, right? So uh, I'll give you a, a classic example. Uh, Nathan uh, would just go, um, well, he'd be Nathan uh, when, whenever, you know, he would uh, do a race and not finish and, and get a whole bunch of negative points. He just thought that was, you know, horrible. Um, and while I might be able to argue with him um, on the merits of what the system is doing, uh, that just didn't feel right to him. Uh, didn't feel fair. And I think it, generally speaking, um, it, there is a certain segment of the population uh, who would often score, if not always score negative points. It would only be the magnitude of negative points that they were scoring that would change their relative position um, to other people. Um, and that, you know, to that segment of the population, which is basically not that half would always score negative, but in any given race, half of the people score negative points. Um, and so I, I think generally half of the population was inclined um, not to sort of feel the system was fair. Um, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see when the new ranking system comes out, if uh, the lack of negative points um, engenders a little bit more trust. But I think you're spot on there uh, in terms of, you know, people have to feel like it's fair and, uh, well, they might not understand everything about it, uh, that it generally feels right. Mm -hmm. 
Frank, are you getting any support, a level of support from uh, Zwift headquarters? The, the, uh, when we started all of this, um, Zwift had a very um, hands-off approach. Um, so while they were, um, yes, you can do it, um, they weren't, uh, let's say, eager to help <laughs> uh, would be the best way to, to, ma to maybe sum that up. They're quite uh, busy, too. Yeah, they've got, they've got a few things on their plate. And, and really, if you look at Zwift as a platform, uh, it, you know, it's a fitness platform. That's how they view it. They don't really view it as an esports platform. I think they see it, um, that it could become an esports platform. And I think maybe that's why they were a little standoffish, um, because maybe, you know, that was something uh, they wanted to pursue um, in isolation. Uh, but I, that's changed. So uh, while I wouldn't say uh, we get support per se now, um, I would say that Zwift is uh, warming <laughs> to uh, what we're doing. And uh, I, I think they see, uh, you know, a rising tide uh, in terms of uh, esports and where, you know, maybe we have a little bit, we're more focused on esports. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're not, uh, uh, well, I guess we, we have a fitness play uh, with, with a training piece, but that's all connected into esports um, for, for what we're doing. Uh, so really our focus is esports. And, uh, so we're running in that, in that particular direction will help, um, scout the field, uh, for Zwift. And I think they're, they're seeing the benefits of that, um, as we go forward. So, uh, that, that relationship is good and improving and, and we look for that to continue. Okay. So Frank, we have about five minutes left here. And I also want to give you the opportunity to share any messages that you want with the community. Um, I have two questions for you, and you can incorporate those however you like. One is, in your mind, what's the biggest challenge that CVR faces? And the second one is, what's your vision? Where do you see this going? Um, challenges. Uh, I think, uh, two things come to mind, um, right off the top of my head, um, in terms of challenges. Uh, number one is, um, rules and fairness, uh, not so much rules, uh, but just making sure that the playing field is level. Um, and how we go about that. And there's actually some initiatives uh, that we're working on in the background with some data analytics firms, uh, data analytics firms out of Canada, um, where we can assess uh, human performance. Uh, that's also in, in conjunction with Hunter. Um, so we can approach data uh, in a way and look at performance uh, and look at those breakout performances. So, for instance, someone mentioned earlier, you know, so Zwift Power has these, you know, particular things. You know, if you if you ever hit six watts per kilogram for, you know, five minutes, if you hit five watts per kilogram for 20 minutes, uh, and uh, Hunter is actually working with them as well at establishing some of those those guidelines. Um, but you can have some breakout performances uh, as well. Uh, that's how performance works. Uh, you, you don't, uh, you know, often you plateau and then you have some, some breakthroughs. So how do we um, analyze that and, and make sure that's a, that's a fair playing field? One of the, the other challenges, which I would uh, like to ask people for as much help as I could possibly get is uh, one of the things that we, that we've always wanted, always have done at CVR. And we want to, you know, continue to do that at CVR is, uh, women's equality. So, you know, we offer the same price persons to women, uh, but we're not doing um, as well as we'd like in terms of participation um, on uh, the women's side. So I think that that's a, that's a challenge for us uh, as we go forward. And, and so we, we look for the most input um, that, that we can get there uh, in, in terms of tweaking things uh, to, to make that better. Um, I think in terms of overall vision, uh, and, and this, you know, this goes counter to some of the culture out there, but I, I don't, I think in the end, uh, this will be um, esports. It'll be cycling esports. 
but it won't be cycling, uh, you know, per se. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of the, you know, the big cycling names. Um, and I think that certainly uh, makes sense. Uh, and, and that will, there will be an aspect of that to Zwift always. It is cycling. Um, that being said, I think the actual esports side of this will grow to be much bigger um, than that element. Uh, you know, people on trainers um, today, I think, you know, it's like, well, you ride the trainer so you can ride outdoors. Um, now I'm not like that. I don't ride outdoors very much anymore at all. Uh, about the only time I ride outdoors is on vacation. So, uh, you know, the last time I did a significant climb was in Kauai, <laughs> uh, which is, which is a great climb, by the way, uh, other than the traffic, um, on the road, which, uh, most people thought I was crazy, but, but it was fun to do that climb a couple of times. But, um, other than vacation, I, I, you know, I ride the trainer all the time and I think you're going to see that you're going to see a lot of millennials, um, you know, joining the ranks of Zwift, um, and they will, uh, do it for the gaming aspect, uh, not so much for the cycling aspect. And I think the, uh, gaming aspect has the ability to be every bit as strong as, um, the cycling aspect. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of cyclists in the world as well, which makes, uh, makes it a little bit different, um, in, in terms of your standard esports. But I think that physical esports, which is, uh, cyclogen, the organization, uh, we're focused on physical esports, so you'll see running and rowing and, and those types of things um, in game as well. Uh, you know, coming, and uh, we think people will, uh, you know, sort of develop around that uh, in a sort of a singularity as well. Uh, you know, versus just cycling as a whole. Mm-hmm. Very interesting views there, Frank. We have yeah, about fifteen so- seconds left. I really appreciate you participating, sharing your views with the community. Best of luck, and I wish much success uh, Thank you. to uh, Cigar. Thank you for having me. And uh, as always, if you guys have some input, uh, please send it our way. And uh, again, thank you for having me. Have a great okay, day, everyone. Thank you, Frank and Tia, for the ride. And thank you.
help. They're all dead. <laughs>